What you should do is go down to Hemphley's department store. They have the best lingerie department in town. Soon Al will be all over you. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Jerry, Jamie, and Al. It's Wednesday, it's December, we are in the nudie bar. My name is Al. I'd get excited if I was going to bed with me. <laughs> you might look at me and think, Jamie, you're a sex goddess. You don't need any help. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, that's what I was thinking. And Dan's not here, but don't worry, Alex. I'm an elderly uh, person I don't know. Uh, Jerry is here. <laughs> Very funny. I'm not that old yet. Aren't you the same age as Al? 75? Uh, uh, This is season 7, episode 5 It is called What I Did for Love Peg tries everything in the book To renew Al's romantic interest in her Well, if by everything in the book You mean just get a bunch of different outfits (laughs) Yeah, this guy was really generous With uh, Peg's efforts, right? Uh, Up to and including promises of five-course meals. Wow, that's not really true either. Let's see. What what she said? She offered him a steak and a choco cake. Well, well, she said steak. He asked for the warm rolls. Oh, that's right. Hot's expensive. And then uh, the choco cake. That would only be a three-course meal. This guy is unbelievable. I mean, he must be a huge Peg fan. Did uh, Christina P.A. write this description? (laughs) (laughs) writer ellen l fogel director jerry cohen original air day october 11th 1992 the title of the episode is a reference to a song from the musical a chorus line what i did for love which there's here's another tidbit about a chorus line it really has nothing to do with the show but it's funny there's a song in there that goes tits and ass one day I was at work and we were talking about the song and I was trying to and I was like, I'll pull it up. <laughs> so I Googled tits and ass. <laughs> Bad idea. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> on my work PC, but I was doing it with my boss. So it didn't matter. I mean, she knew what I was doing. <laughs> now, I don't I don't even remember seeing did Peg cook on screen? No, Peg did not cook on screen. I don't know why it says that, because while she does present food, we do not see her cooking. Yeah, what weird trivia. Tonight on Fox, right after the presidential debate, it's a heartwarming night of comedy in living color at a special time, 8.30, 7.30 Central. Then, Peg wants to spice up her love life, but when naughty doesn't turn Al on, Peg gets nasty. Tonight, beginning at 8.30 on Fox 5. Peg, you're down here! I must have been dreaming you ran off with that dwarf down at the bookstore. (laughs) And that I'm living in sin with a playmate centerfold and her eight roommates. 
who can speak but choose not to. I just don't think sexually I could handle all those women. I'm not Steve, you know? I don't think I could handle all those women all the time. Like, that's just too much. I'm, I'm more of an owl. I, I, if I try really hard, I'm giving you six minutes. <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad you're here because Chris Gunther brought something up on our Married with Children uh, podcast group page on Facebook. And I can run it by you really quick. He said, does anyone ever stop to think how lucky we are to get Ted McGinley? Usually when a regular cast member leaves a show, it messes up the chemistry and dynamic between all the actors. And while I still believe the first half of Meryl Children's run was better than the second half, <clears throat> I have always thought that Ted McGinley was an upgrade over Garrison. Jefferson just fit in better with Marcy and, than Steve did. If you think about what they did with Steve's character from 555 Shoe on, Jefferson is like that version of Steve on steroids. It made for great comedy. We got incredibly lucky to get McGinley when we did. <clears throat> now I stuck up for you, Jerry. I said... So I said, I absolutely do and told him that. And that's the part about being lucky that we got him. I said, the only thing I might not co-sign is the upgrade part. I think David brought everything to that character that was supposed to be there. He maxed out Steve's potential. Now, if you're asking if I like Jefferson's character more on the show, I'd say he is definitely more fun and playful, not uptight. And there is a little Jefferson in me as a person for sure. I just think they were both right for the period of the show they were on, both perfect for it. And then he replied, which wraps everything up in a perfect bow. Yeah, you're right. I may have misspoke. I didn't mean that McGinley was an upgrade over Garrison. What I really meant was Jefferson was an upgrade over Steve. And you're right. I do agree that they both fit in well for the juncture of the show they were in. As you have pointed out many times, Mary with Children was well-grounded in the earlier seasons. Jefferson's character would have been too much and too crazy for the earlier seasons. On the flip side, I think Steve would have been too uptight and too serious for the shows in the second half. I prefer the more grounded, realistic Mary with Children episodes. Right. So I have a bias there, but I also have a bias with Steve. Hmm. Uh, because I truly love that character. I don't mind Jefferson, but to me, he's just a male Kelly Bundy. He he's he's a pretty blonde who's kind of dumb, and and that's it. Like to me, that that's what I get out of Jefferson. He's he's good for a few laughs, but I don't have any like substance there. As to where Steve was a completely unique character with great contrast against Al Bundy mm. and us getting to actually see the the bundification right. of someone who is the complete opposite of Al Bundy the more they hang out. See, everybody just keeps making good points. I don't know who to argue with. Al, that is so insulting. You know, you sound as if you think women have nothing interesting to say. That is so untrue. Take me, for example. I have lots of interesting observations to share. For instance, who but me would tell you that your teeth have evolved into the same lovely shade of yellow as your underwear? <laughs> or that you have ten times more hair in your nose than on your head? You know, it's funny. As I get older, I have to say, from like 35 and on, the nose hairs do get out of control. 
like I have to actively cut my nose hairs on a monthly basis. So I do sympathize with Al's plight. I think I'm getting there. I think it's, it's I, I don't grow a lot of facial hair, and apparently that includes inside things that are on my face. Right. I don't have a lot of ear hair, though. I do have nose hair. I'm a girl. I don't have any of that. I used to work with a guy who, or an older gentleman, who had so much hair in his ears, I'm shocked that he could hear anything at all. It was like <laughs> little bushes in there. But the funny part was that he would, he always had like a high and tight. He was ex-military. And so his ear hairs would get a little buzz cut. So <laughs> if you looked into his ear canal, it's completely full of little buzz cut. It, had, it looked like a little plug. Like you could just reach in there and pull it out. I never tried but it was bizarre. Like, how can you hear anything? It's completely full. It was packed tight and just buzzed <laughs> straight across. Which reminds me, Al, I want sex. So do I, but I see no reason to drag you into it. <laughs> see, I love lines like that. That's like classic Al Peg sexual back and forth lines. Perfect Al Bundy is his whole attitude on sex is just wrapped up in that one line now this isn't normal everybody else has sex everybody else has sex what are you doing looking at windows yes i do and everybody else has sex oh god i'm exhausted sex 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 all night long and of course marcy her line fits exactly what they were just talking about Oh, God, I'm exhausted. Sex, sex, sex all night long. I know. I told you I saw someone doing the wave. That was great. So Peg's not only looking in the windows and watching this, but she's, she's like, cheering him on, I guess. Man, how time has flown since Marcy led a mob to attack a peeper in the window to accepting that uh, someone's out there doing the wave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Peg just openly admits to it, and neither of them care. Well, not really. Did you see the look on Marcy's face after Peg said that? Yeah, but she didn't pursue it. No, she did not. She had a reaction. Her, her face said it all, but, but she kind of let it go. So that was, yeah, it's a lot different. I guess when it's a guy watching you and it's a stranger, you send out a mob. But when uh, it's your friend, it's like, uh, well. Coffee, Marcy. I'd offer Jefferson some, but he doesn't need anything to keep him going. <laughs> Alan Jefferson are sitting on the couch. The women are in the kitchen talking. Oh, Peggy, you seem grumpy. That could mean two things. You're not getting any, or... Then they look over to Al, and Al's picking his ear with his pinky and pulls it out, and Jefferson's, like, spying it out in curiosity. <laughs> Even worse, you are. This is a thing that goes on during this whole uh, thing. Every time the women are talking or the men are talking, they pan back and forth, and what they're talking about relates to what the other is doing. And this 
plays really well. I mean, it's really good writing and it flows really nicely. And yeah, if it feels a tad forced or whatever you want to call it, but it just it all works really well. And it's a classic trope of married with children. Right. I don't know what happened. Al used to be so passionate. All I had to do was undo a button, show some skin, and he was ready. Yeah. Time was it was enough to be naked in a car with music playing. (laughs) I could get any man that walked by. (laughs) Well, that is, if it was late enough. But how weird is that? She sits in a car naked with music playing at nighttime, and when a guy walks down the street... Wait a second. The first time she ever had sex in the back of a car was with Steve. Oh. Uh-oh. We've got some continuity. Well, the, who says when it was that she would be naked in a car? Maybe it was after they broke up and she was having that parade of... Yeah, I guess it could be. But it seemed like she was referring to a way earlier time in life, though, you know? Yeah, because isn't she talking about how it was to be young? Yeah. How it used to be with men. Now they need a whole show. Yeah. That whole thing when she was talking about that made me think of Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> it's crazy, though. The whole thing is crazy. This whole scenario. Is she lying? Is she just trying to sound cool? No, because she's she's hinted around weird sexual stuff a lot, right, Jamie? Like, even when she's talking about other things she did in the past, how easy she was. Yeah. Yeah, it's always about how easy she was, you know? I always get the impression that Marcy was looking for validation. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That ha- I used to date a girl who did that. I don't know what she was missing or didn't feel like something enough. And when you give your set, when you make it so easy, and then guys finally say, oh, well, if you're just giving it to me, sure, I'll take it. The girl doesn't perceive it that way, and she just sees that the guy wants her. So it validates her as a person. So it's a weird thing. And Marcy definitely has a a ton of childhood trauma that she goes through throughout this whole thing. But now men need all the help we can give them. I mean, think of men's sexual lives like on a graph. Their prowess increases to a peak. Then they hit a certain age and... (laughs) Look at them talking about me again. Which, and prowess is skill or stanima. So something to look forward to. (laughs) <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah, it's easy for them to complain. We're the ones that have to do all the work. Many's the time I've thought, oh, I'd like to just lay there, you know, and occasionally toss out an old baby, old baby. <laughs> <laughs> and that's true. Like, nothing, I mean, I guess the only thing that happens with women, in if you want to talk about an equal thing of what he's saying, is that they could dry up a bit and... That's the only thing women really have to do? I mean, have to, yeah, but... (laughs) That's all you have to do, but if you're not doing more and not putting in the effort, your likelihood chance of that guy fantasizing and and possibly cheating is going to go (laughs) Skyrocket. You know, regardless of how much he loves you. (laughs) If you're not putting in the effort into the relationship... In all different kind of aspects, not just sex, then you are pushing your your significant other away from you. So, yes, the problem here is, is Al's talking from a standpoint of someone who had 
his sexual partners in high school in what the seventies. Right. So like he never got to really be with someone probably super experienced until Peggy. Mm -hmm. So I feel like he's kind of talking from someone who doesn't have a lot of experience. Well, that's true. Yeah, definitely. Also, and the experiences he had prior to her would have all been young women, young, you know, 16 to 17 year olds. Whenever guys are drooling over young girl, like young girls, like, you know, eight, but I mean, younger (laughs) women, I always got to tell them, look, they might look good, yeah, but they don't know what they're doing. You know, (laughs) they they really don't like, I mean, Alex, think back to your high school sexual escapades, you know, maybe one out of five, you know, knew what they were doing and threw something at you, but a lot of them didn't. And to be fair, you probably didn't either. Yeah, well, my first was a virgin also. So it was the blind canoe in the blind. (laughs) (laughs) From there, um, it didn't matter that they were good. It was just like uh, pizza is like sex. Even if it's bad, it's good. So sex is like pizza. Even if it's bad, it's good. So it's like uh, it doesn't matter um, as long as you're doing this and then once you get a girl who's like all into it and wild and knows what she's doing, it's like, wow, it's cool to be in your 20s. Yeah, and then you either put a ring on her or pay her her 50 bucks and go home. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Experience goes a long way. It really, and I don't mean like, I won't even just, I won't even say just experience, but also there's a, there is an amount of so many different levels of intimacy. Of into exactly, <laughs> and there's so much more that goes into a successful intimate relationship than just the mechanics of it. Right. This podcast is brought to you by sexual theories and philosophy with fictional sitcom characters. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. So we get to the greatest line ever. I just like talking about sex. <laughs> we're going to start up a sex show after this, guys. So don't never fear that we're going to be off the air. Yep, it's a crime. How men get handsomer and women just age. <laughs> oh, and sure, I'd get excited, too, if I was going to bed with me. <laughs> but no such luck. <laughs> Yeah. How amazing is he? And then, and then that gets compounded with like the icing on the uh, the cherry on top later on in the episode, which you you all know where I'm getting at, right? Oh God! The oh God, Jefferson! Oh God! That was amazing. I mean, that was the perfect compliment to this great start joke. Uh, No such luck. (laughs) He can't go to bed with himself. Well, you can in in various ways, but I won't get into that. You have to figure that out yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, time was I used to have to think about baseball just to slow things down. Now, I just want to think about baseball. (laughs) I used to just recite the ABCs. To slow things down? Yeah. You know, Marcy, that was really a wild nightgown you had on last night. Can I see it sometime? No. Jefferson ate it. Oh, it was one of those edible things. No, but he was hungry and we didn't want to stop. (laughs) You know, I really never, uh, I should have done it for this episode, 
but I never looked up what the ingredients are for edible uh, sexual clothing. Like, I'm sure it's made out of sugar on some level, but like, what else is it made out of that you can eat these clothes? It's kind of like if you have um, edible underwear, it's kind of like a fruit roll up. That's what I thought. That's what I was going to say. I also want to point out that uh, he couldn't get Marcy to make him some food. Steve got her to make him beef Wellington. And baked Alaska. And baked Alaska. So as she talks about Jefferson eating this this nightgown from the night before, Jeff, of course, we pan over, and right at that moment, Jefferson spits out a button. <laughs> I mean, that is just amazing. I love it. <laughs> That's a nice button. That goes with my zipper that I found in my burrito at Illegal Pete's. <laughs> I love that. I know. I always wish that there was a real Illegal Pete somewhere. God, Marcy, you just seem to have no problem with Jefferson at all. Yeah, right. You try fighting him for the mirror. (laughs) Uh, I guess in the morning. I don't know why he'd be fighting in a mirror because he doesn't work or anything. So maybe before they go out to dinner or something. But uh, yeah, so they fight to get to the mirror because, you know, Jefferson's a pretty boy and he has to look good. So he always needs a mirror. And as... She's talking about this. They pan over and Jefferson is seemingly fixing his hair in a mirror that's not there. (laughs) But for some reason, this is still great. I'm sure he has memorized his entire face and head at this point. (laughs) I don't I don't need to be with a guy who spends more time on his hair than I do. (laughs) Well, because I really don't spend that much time on my hair. Oh, me neither. <laughs> so we're just openly lying now. Uh pretty much. I'm trying to save face here. That's why I hardly did my hair for that go live I did a few weeks ago. It was cute how you were flipping it during the video. Though. I flipped it once and I knew I couldn't do it again. I was like, <laughs> these people are looking at you now. Stop touching your hair. <laughs> I flipped it once in the first two minutes. I was like, stop, stop. And they can't see it, but I'm currently, like, just twirling a finger through my hair, so <laughs> I don't care. You see, men are like children. They need to be amused. They want a show. So you have to dress it up, you know, entice them. I know you look at me and think, Marcy, you're a sex goddess. <laughs> Surely you need no help. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking something like that. Isn't it amazing what some people... I notice that most people think they are amazing. They really do. I think a lot of people think something about themselves that we don't think. You know? And uh, that was a great example of that. Yes, well, brace yourself. For even one such as I must resort to costumes and desperate pleading to have romantic blinding sex. Now, I don't know why she added this in. Desperate plating? Why would you go there? You're everything's going great with you. Now you're going to tell Peg that you desperately plead. Yeah, I thought the whole point of Jefferson is he was your your trophy wife. So <laughs> why do you have to plead? Don't you just say, "Hey, no sex. You don't get allowance this week." Right, or or else go get a job, which we just went over last or two weeks ago before our Thanksgiving special, which was brilliant. And Jerry, I love how you had such a good time on the Dutch review that you just had 
to come and hang out with us one more time on the regular show? Well, you know, sometimes uh, you meet you meet a kid and you pick him up and you realize they're horrible. <laughs> well, you said after the show last week that you don't want to deprive all the non-patrons of the show of your presence. So you said, I will do those people a favor as well and come on to the regular show. Yeah, well, I like coming on the, the shows where there, where there's some kind of love angle between Peggy and Al. Like, I'm a big fan of those. And bring my shoehorn-fitting Steve remarks. Yeah, I, I, th- I think the new joke or game that people play is they – it's a drinking game or something or there's a time limit over under what minute mark you're going to mention Steve no matter how far removed we are from him. Yeah. Well, that's uh, if I, be Jerry's opening line then. Just, you know, I, I'm Al and I'm Jamie and Steve. <laughs> that's, that's just too easy. I got to find – I like to find proper ways to bring him in so like it ties well, into like, the episode. Like in Super Troopers. Yeah, he he weaves it in so naturally. You don't even you can't even tell he's saying Steve. It just seems like Steve's on the show the way he does it. What you should do is go down to Hemphley's department store. They have the best lingerie department in town. Soon Al will be all over you. Oh, well, then I better stop and get him some soap and a toothbrush and <laughs> and an instruction manual. <laughs> Honey, I want to go shopping with Marcy. Give me money. No. <laughs> Gee, honey, that's too bad. You know, I was thinking of getting you a nice, juicy steak. Doesn't that sound good, honey? And Al starts salivating, man. The look on his face. It is, it's unbelievable. And it's sad in a way. <laughs> and Peg, and those, those little rolls, the, when you open them up, hot comes out? <laughs> Well, Al, hot is expensive. Well, well, Peg, I've been saving all my money for the big anniversary issue of Hooters and High Heels. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's the issue that deals with Hooters and High Heels. You know, the edition where they deal with Hooters and High Heels. Hooters and High Heels. <laughs> that was great. Well, I guess I don't have to make you a chocolate cake. Chocolate cake, chocolate cake. Eat so much to get a tummy ache. That was so cute. <laughs> it was at that point, because I was sitting there the whole time like, Al, how are you falling for this? How? <laughs> and then he does that, and I'm like, you know, I guess sometimes it's better to just hold on to hope and be happy for a moment. Right. He's in deep at that point. I mean, once he starts, he's buying this so hard that he instantly, his brain just manufactured a song about chocolate cake. That's how hyped up he is for this. See you tonight, baby. He really believes you. And why not? Marriage is a sacred trust. See you for dinner, sweetheart. Now, of course, the big question that everyone on Earth must be asking themselves at this point, after Marcy says, you know, so he really believes you? Why doesn't Al just go to the store himself and get these things? Why doesn't he just go to a restaurant? Just himself, on his way home from work, just stop at a restaurant. Well, at least there you pay a lot more. So at least just go to the butcher, bring back a steak. 
because you know you don't want to pay four times what you'd pay by doing it yourself. Yeah, and he'd have to cook it. Yeah, but Al's a great uh, griller, remember? But he also okay. has a household who's going to come sniffing after his steak. And he's not going to get any, just like the hot dog. <laughs> so he's got he's just got to start hitting restaurants. Well, yeah, you find a way. But it's, it's still fascinating that the money always has to go through Peg to get to food. Just like the time with the yard sale when he gave her money to go buy food and she buys the statue instead. I mean, it just, I don't understand why do we keep, why is she always the, the middleman here? It's fascinating. You know, Jefferson, I hope I made the right decision. Hooters? Hmm? Choco cake. <laughs> Hooters? Choco cake. Decisions? Decisions. Well, I guess that's all part of being an adult. Yeah. Jefferson. What? Choco Hooters. <laughs> You know, I think there might be something to that. I was thinking Hooter cake. Hooter is covered in chocolate. Yeah, I was thinking kind of like a Choco Taco. Oh, a Splurk covered in chocolate. No, a Choco Taco, the dessert. (laughs) Okay, let me stop then. I think we're all in different wavelengths. (laughs) 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 But that was super cute when he's like, Jefferson, Choco Hooters. Like, I just, that was adorable. And then I, the whole thing is pretty interesting. Like, the way they, and then Jefferson mashes his hands to do what Al just did. And then, then as they're laughing, Al stops him. He makes a face like, oh, wait a minute. And he's, he's like, I, th- I, th- I think I have something there. And then they start laughing again. And they're just like, move their hands back and forth. Like, it's, it's this camaraderie that has developed. And it's, like I've said a dozen times, what we all know and love about the two of them, you know? And this is what I always felt was missing with Steve. That's why I think people like Jefferson more, because they want these moments, because we want these moments with Al. We want to live through these characters with Al. So we want times like this. When Al and Steve were together, it was more of an oil and water kind of thing. They didn't have cool moments. I mean, maybe building the the Mustang was as close as you can get, I think, with something like this. Other than that, you know, it it was always just Steve thinking Al's an idiot and Al making fun of Steve or something like that. They really rarely had moments like this. Yeah, but I still liked the 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 opposites there. I like I like that, you know. I don't know. To me, it's just Jefferson's just a seems like a, a sidekick as to where I like I like the conflict that comes from like Steve and Al, and when one of them can convince the other to do something. Right. Yeah. See, they're both good. It's hard to argue one side because then somebody points out another one, and you're like, "Yeah, that's good too." So again, they're both perfect for when they were on the show. So we get our seven segment. Seven, uh, like I mentioned uh, in a prior review, we're wondering what Seven's going to bring to the show. And let they went again with Seven's going to ask questions. He's going to ask little kid questions. And then we get the comedy relief with Al's answers. 
So they're doing this again. I guess they liked the whole thing. How do how are kids made and and what does retirement mean? I don't even think they liked it. They just have to find something to do with him. They have him there. <laughs> they have a contract. So they have to find something for him to do. So it's every week, okay, here's a stupid question for him to ask. Just go with that. Cuz you can see, I mean, it's not like he's incorporated into the story of the episode. Mm-mm. At all. I mean, it just he's not even you could completely remove that part of the show, and it wouldn't make any difference at all. <laughs> Actually, it would probably make it better. <laughs> Peg! I'm home! Hi, Daddy! Yeah, sure. <laughs> Go away. I'm going to eat. I don't want to feel bad about not giving you any. Before I go, can I ask a question? What's the difference between men and women? <laughs> One works, and the other's woman. So, Mrs. Darcy is a man? <laughs> yes. Mr. Darcy is a woman? Yes. No wonder you sell shoes. Yes. And then Seven thinks Al is so stupid for answering like that because he knows that's not true that he says, no wonder you sell shoes. I'm glad you said that he thought he was stupid because I couldn't, I didn't get that at all. And, I mean, I didn't get what he meant. Like, I just didn't get the joke. And then, until you just said that, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what he means by that's why you sell shoes, because you're stupid. Well, I'm glad you said that. I never got it for 20 years. Oh. (laughs) I finally, after examining the sentence for about, like, 90 seconds, I I finally got what – because his delivery is so bad that you – yeah, you that can't you, tell. You can't tell what he's implying. Right. Then Mr. Darcy is a woman? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no wonder you sell shoes. <laughs> you know, the part one of the crafts of being an actor is in your tone you have to have implication. And he doesn't. So when he's saying that I'm just I'm just staring blankly at for 20 years every time he said that. Now doing this show, I had to scrutinize a little bit better. And I was like, what is he talking about? What what does that even mean? And then I said, "Oh, okay. He he thinks Al just is getting it wrong and that that he's stupid. He doesn't realize Al's being sarcastic. That's what we're supposed to get." See, I'm over here going when I watched it earlier because you're right. It is his delivery. It 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 doesn't tell you anything. No. And so when he said that, I was like, so if Marcy's a man because she works and Jefferson is a woman because he doesn't, that means then no wonder Al sells shoes. What does that have to do with anything? Like, I seriously just didn't get it at all. Isn't until amazing? you just said that. And now it seems so obvious, but. Right. I felt like a, a, a genius when I discovered this. Like, that's how bewildering it was for 20 years i was like wow i just actually uncovered what the hell that means after 20 years i was like this is amazing 
so we never heard from Jerry. Uh, Jerry, what do you think of Seven? I was so close to not getting involved with this. Oh, you don't want to talk about it. So close. I don't like... At first, the joke was funny until they ruined it with the, oh, that's why you sell shoe lines. Like, that line was really bad. But the, but the Marcy and Jefferson line was actually kind of funny. And Al's response was kind of funny. Like, oh, yeah, that, like, even Al was kind of surprised. Yeah, that was great. And then they just ruined it. And 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 then also on top of that, I was just like, Seven wasn't in the beginning of this episode. They shoved him in for this one scene, and that's it. It, it was just like, why even have him there? It just uh, contract doesn't make any sense. I, I yeah, I know the contract, but like, <laughs> man, we've gone episodes where we didn't have Butter Kelly. We could go an episode without Seven, especially if I'm going to be on the show. <laughs> Yeah, well, hey, you didn't get that lucky. So Al goes into a combination safe, a little one, and he takes out a knife, fork, and a napkin in preparation to have this this dinner that Peg promised. Um, now, she was upstairs, so I don't understand what how she he thought she was preparing this meal. I mean, he's sitting at the kitchen table. Normally, somebody would prepare a meal in the kitchen. <laughs> but he still thought Peg was up there getting his dinner ready. Especially when it's a cake, a steak, and a hot roll. I'm just... I have no idea what he's thinking or what anyone's thinking here, but... <laughs> it is I! And I am ready! Do you want it, Al? Oh, I want it! Do you need it, Al? I need it bad, baby! <laughs> Supper served! <laughs> and Peg comes down looking really hot in this purple lingerie. She looked really good. And she lays across the table. Where is it, Peg? <laughs> and then Al's just like searching all over her body. He's like touching her, her thighs and everything. That was a kind of a cool scene, and then... Where is it, baby? Don't do this to me! I'm wearing it, baby! <laughs> we'll take it off and fry it up! I'm starving! <laughs> like, that was a great line. Like, it's it's great because... Like, what, she just had a raw steak on her, Al? <laughs> I don't know what he thought. Why is she upstairs in her bedroom preparing dinner? Like, I, I don't know. And he's willing to take her lingerie off and fry it up and eat it. The idea is that once he says that joke, he accepts the fact that there's no actual food. There's no cake or steak coming. Al, it's not food. It's just me. But don't worry. I'll make you forget all about food. <laughs> <laughs> well, honey, you've already done that. That was such a good comeback. Yeah, the implication is that she killed his appetite. <laughs> Al, can you honestly look me in the eye and tell me that this does not turn you on? Well, Peg, I can look you in the anywhere and say that. <laughs> so Al is saying no part of Peg's body 
whatsoever is attractive. <laughs> now, listen, that's really brutal and really, like, <laughs> just savage. But at the same time, she deserves it for lying. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it would matter if my fiance lied about cooking food. If I said that to her, <laughs> I'd most likely be single. <laughs> I could look at you anywhere and say that. <laughs> Can you imagine saying you should say you should videotape yourself saying I'm going to do a joke right now. That way you're covered. Then go up to your fiance and try to create a conversation where you tell her I could look at you in, in the anything and tell you I'm not attracted to you and see how that goes. Why do you want me dead? <laughs> uh, like you do that to your wife and tell me how it goes I really should right I should videotape that somehow because <laughs> both of our wives are are are, are Latinas uh, and they can get dangerous <laughs> real quick uh, guys did, did you guys like the blue thing that she was wearing blue um, I thought it was purple yeah purple purple what are you colorblind <laughs> the, the first thing she comes down in yeah it looked royal blue to me. It looked purple. It looked blue when I saw it on the blonde later on because I was like, that is not the same outfit. No, it looked royal blue on both of them. They looked exactly the same. Is this uh, going to be like that dress thing? <laughs> what color is this dress? I guess so. Cause... All right, well, let's get a vote, people. <laughs> was it purple or royal blue? But either way, did you like it? Yeah, she looked good in it. I didn't yeah. like color. Oh, well, I just took it as a 90s thing. I didn't think too much about, like, the if it would be good today. Uh, you know? Like, sometimes you just take it for what it is, and then you go with it. You know, like, uh, there could be hot girls in in, the, in this show, even, but they have hair hairstyles that would never okay. <laughs> look Okay, I'm looking at the picture right now, and it looks purple to me. Yeah, I saw purple. <clears throat> well, we'll do a what color is this dress thing. We'll have that fiasco going on on Facebook. Well, let me I'm, see that. I'm sending okay. it right now. Okay. I was going to say, let me look at exactly the same picture and see what I see. Do you see what I see? Okay. Now, that is clearly purple, but that is not what it looked like on my TV. Oh, your settings are off. Your settings are off. <laughs> All right. When the girl was wearing it in the store, what color did you think it was? Blue. When I saw it on her and the, the blonde in the store, it looked blue to me. Okay, so it looked exactly the same on both of them to me. Huh. So weird, but this is clearly purple, but this is not what it looks like when I watch the show. Well, maybe their hair brings out uh, a certain accent that's on the lingerie. Maybe it's the lighting on the set or something. Yeah. Weird. So when Peg opens the door... We audibly hear everybody having sex. Another perfect, amazing sitcom timing. But uh, once again, when it's funny, it's funny. And there's no complaining. Oh, God. Oh, Bob. Oh, Fong. Oh, mailman. Oh, God. Oh, Jefferson. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, Jefferson. Oh, God. <laughs> You hear that, Peg? Everybody in the neighborhood but me is eating. <laughs> and then Jefferson says, Oh, God, oh, Jefferson, oh, God. <laughs> he is that taken with himself that he shouts his own name in bed. 
I wonder if they have like a mirror in their bedroom at this point, like on the ceiling or on the the like wall above the um, headboard. But isn't that the perfect compliment to his earlier joke about he'd be excited to go to bed with him too? One hundred percent. That was just so good. We cut to the next scene. We are twelve minutes in, and there is no Bud or Kelly in this episode thus far. So they go to the lingerie store. I guess they went back to Hempley's. Peg, I don't want to be here. I don't feel comfortable in undergarment world. <laughs> and the idea of you trying them on, frankly, gives me the jimmies. <laughs> Al, just look around and tell me if you see something you like. Well, I like that. Al, that is exactly what I had on earlier. No kidding? <laughs> well, what, you have it on backwards or something? <laughs> So what do you think, honey? Well, what difference does it make? We're married. (laughs) Maybe if that redhead over there was wearing it. (laughs) So 12 minutes and 50 seconds into the episode, Bud is hitting on a mannequin in the lingerie section. Look, Al, like I have pleaded with you a thousand times in the bedroom, just look around. I'm sure you'll find something you like. Peg, I don't belong here. This is not a place for men. It's... It's not healthy. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> now, I'm not just in college. I'm in community college. <laughs> I saw this movie where this mannequin came to life. So, if you can talk, please do. <laughs> Bud. <laughs> My God. <laughs> You know my name. Do you also know what I like? Bud. You sound like my mother. <clears throat> I mean, this is absolutely insane. He is hoping that she comes to life like the one in the movie, Mannequin. Oh, yeah, the 1987 romantic comedy. Yes. <laughs> that one. You know, I got to jump back real quick uh, to the owl liking the chick in the lingerie and her husband wanting to see Peggy in the lingerie. Mm-hmm. Seems like Al and Peggy should just be swingers. I was thinking the same thing when I was watching the episode. Right? I mean, that would be the answer to everything, wouldn't it? Yeah. Technically. It really would. Like, It seems like that would be the solution. So remember what I said about the overall character arcs like season six played up kelly's dumbness season seven remember at the very beginning i said that season seven is gonna play up bud's pathetic loser character yes yeah i mean is this not coming completely to life or what it's even worse because he's in a lingerie like section doing it like he's not even like just hitting on like a regular female mannequin who's wearing like regular clothes or you know a nice dress or something yeah at old navy or something yeah he, he's doing it in a lingerie section but yeah he is so it's so sad so peg says bud and he's like oh my god you know my name do you know <laughs> do you also know what i like He's already with the sex as soon as this thing came to life. Wouldn't you be fascinated by that fact for like the first half hour? But he's already like, you know my name? Wow, do you know what I like? <laughs> like, dude, keep it in your pants. 
someone has seen weird science a little too much. <laughs> Alan Pegg are completely weirded out and disappointed. Hi, guys. Oh, I was just trying out some of my lines that I use on my many human co-ed dates. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like having you guys for parents had nothing to do with this. That, that had me laughing. Yeah. And that shows that he knows he's screwed up. Like, he knows this is not okay or normal on any level whatsoever. Al, I think you better talk to him. Well, do you have any ideas about what I should say? No. <laughs> can I help you? Not unless you can take me back 20 years and tell me not to marry a shoe salesman. <laughs> Actually, I'd like to exchange this for something that will definitely interest my husband. Well, I don't know. It would help if I saw your husband. Never does me. <laughs> Why? I mean, if she looked at me, would she figure anything out? I don't, I don't think so, but okay. I guess this is her craft. It's what she does. Maybe she knows something the rest of the world doesn't know. So we see Al now. And he's standing with Bud, and of course Al's wearing his uh, classic Al Bundy attire. The member's jacket, the pants, the shirt, the tie. He just looks like the classic TV character himself. Uh, and that's pretty good at this far into the show, because I know he eventually starts dressing a little different. That's why I wanted to point that out. Because he, he, they kind of updated him as the show goes on. So I'm just like grasping at this while it's still here. So Al says... He's he's with the mannequin with Bud, and this isn't as creepy. Al's just using the mannequin now as an uh, just like to perform this thing he wants to show Bud. Here's one that might come in a little handy somewhere down the line. I call it the Bundy one finger bra unhook. <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna reach behind her and unhook her bra with uh, just the tip of his finger, I guess. Now, usually when someone says. They call something, something like I, well, I call this the blah, blah, blah. It's usually like a clever word or two, not the full description of the act. Right. <laughs> like. That was a really long title. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like describing a dance, like the entire dance <laughs> instead of saying, I call this the Bundy, you know? I call this the spin around, grab your hands behind your back, <laughs> jump through your legs, and then land on, do a split on the floor, and turn around and get back up dance. <laughs> uh, really? Should I you... call this mode of transportation. I put my left foot up, and then I put my right foot up, and then I put my left foot up, and then I put my right foot up. <laughs> like, wow, Al, how long did it take you to come up with that name for this? It's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. So, Al gets... The, his finger stuck in the mannequin's uh, bra, I guess. Uh, the mannequin falls apart. The torso is now stuck to Al's hand as Al, like, <laughs> like runs away. And he's, like, flopping this thing around. It's pretty funny. The wig falls off. He's on. running around like a cat who gets caught in a bag. <laughs> like, put their leg, through, their leg through the handle of the bag and they can't figure <laughs> out how to get it off. And they're just running around with this bag just... Whipping around behind. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's a perfect example. I think Al saw the ending of Maniac. That's why he was freaked out. Oh, maybe. Wow. Yeah, with Gazo from Rocky. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't panic, Dad. 
old peculiar stranger? If you look at Bud, <clears throat> at this point in his life, in real life, David Faustino's deep into the urban hip-hop world. So you're going to start seeing that in his presentation of how he asked the wardrobe to dress him and stuff like that. And I remember this episode was always a shining example of that. He has this, like, oversized dark blue hooded jacket with, like, an orange inline and red pants, big baggy red pants with Chuck Taylors on. Far different than Bud ever dressed on the show uh, before. So you're going to see that once in a while. And it's Bud implementing his, like, true life into the show. Or David, I should say. Well, I mean, is it that different from him dressing like Grandmaster B? Yeah, it still is. That just didn't... It's This is like true hip-hop. That was like sort of like a joke. It's hmm. kind of like when David Silver started dressing differently on 90210. Yeah, remember that? No, no I've, I've, I've brought it up. Not you. I've <laughs> never watched that show in my life. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I've never seen a single episode of that show. Jamie, he was born after the show was done. Do you know Young Jerry? No way, that show. Wasn't that a show from the 90s? Yeah, you were born after 2000. Uh, I, I don't feel like that's correct. Weren't you born in like 2002? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna f- say no. But <laughs> then again, I'm not the host of the show. Uh, so... What do I know? Aren't you 75? Uh, aren't we the same age? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. He just didn't watch it then. really good. Yeah, you look really good, dude. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. It makes me feel really good about myself. <laughs> to be 17 and or 75. <laughs> at, the, at the exact same time. Right. <laughs> yeah, most people born in 2002 are 75 right now. <laughs> So five days and five outfits later, <clears throat> Peg is in this leather outfit, mini skirt type thing with this whip. That was hot. Yeah. I think it was. Oh, yeah. No, no, it is. It is. I'm just it's just funny, though, still, because it's like uh, it, it's not really like an S&M outfit. I mean, it, it depends how you look at it. Um, she dressed like that sort of when she was Gemma Teller. This is like prelude to that, maybe. have to do to keep her husband interested. Not a day goes by that I don't try to keep him happy. God, I wish someone would dust around here. Hi, Mom. So Kelly walks in in a green overcoat. So we all know a big reveal of what she's wearing. Yeah under it will eventually come out, right? I thought it was going to be exactly what Peg was wearing. Like, I thought they would be wearing the exact same outfit. It was pretty close. I thought it was going to be, like, some really, like, like sexy lingerie. Like, I didn't think it was going to be what Peggy was wearing. So when that when that, when the reveal happened, I was kind of like, that just looks like a regular outfit for her. I was thinking it was kind of funny that on Peg... The outfit, even though Peg wears tight clothes all the time and low-cut blouses or whatever. Right. But on her, the outfit looked, like, really, I don't know, just tight and extra sexy, you know. But 
Kelly, who was virtually wearing the same thing, she looked more covered. Like, I guess it, it was just the way that it fit her. It just didn't look as skimpy or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so you see what I mean. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the skirt looked longer on Kelly, even though I don't think it was a longer skirt. I think that's just the way it looks on her. And um, her boobs weren't as popping, you know. Right. Yeah, it was weird how hers was a little more downplayed as far as sexiness goes. Very weird. Yeah, at least I kind of felt like it was anyway. Now, did you guys catch what she was wearing when she was sitting down? You notice you could see a little bit of it by her knee? Yeah, Yeah, you could see that she was wearing the same boots, for one. Right. And that there was a little skirt under there. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to be paying attention to what they're saying. I'm sure on my first viewing, I didn't notice that. And now that you're scrutinizing it, you probably did notice it on your first viewing. So, Not that I really want to know, but how Dad liked the outfit. Well, he said what he really wanted was the meat that used to live under this baby. <laughs> I give up. I better just resign myself. I'm just not attractive to your father anymore. Although, I do excite myself. <laughs> I was never the problem. Well, you're still attractive, Mom. Dad's just going through one of those man phases. I mean, it's probably not that easy for him anymore. What is he now, 75? (laughs) Daddy is the same age as I am. You're 75? (laughs) God, you look good. Thank you. Peg says, Your father is the same age as me. In real life, Al was born in 1946, and Peg was born eight years later in 1954. I guess when she says I'm the same age, that just really kind of compliments her even more, I guess, right? Because she looks so good for that age, just like Kelly thought she looked great for 75. Yeah, true. Oh, but don't get down, Mom. Lots of guys find you attractive. Really? Mm -hmm. Like who? Well, like my friend Buffy's grandfather. (laughs) All of his other friends were drooling over Betty White, but he wouldn't hear of it. He said that you were better. And he was a very wise man, Mom. He was 103. (laughs) You know, till he died. In fact, his last words were, Peggy hot, Betty not. (laughs) Gee, that's very flattering, honey. Anyone younger? Nope. You sure? Yep. You don't want to take a minute to think about it? Nope. Oh, my God. (laughs) Then it's true. It really is Daddy and me for the rest of our lives. (laughs) I guess I have no choice but to go back to that lingerie store and buy something kinky this time. (sighs) Okay, if you must. But you shouldn't work so hard with Daddy. You have to remember, attraction is a three-way street. (laughs) Or is it a one-way tunnel? (laughs) In any case, I do know that it's a four-lane highway and it takes two to use the carpool lane. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. You don't even know where she's going with this anymore. Yeah, I literally... She's going all over the place. I was like, I don't even know what point you were trying to make to begin with. Like, what? I, I hate to say this, but Kelly's writing has been a little questionable this year. It wasn't good in the seven... Seven's birthday episode. It wasn't really good with AM or BM. 
in the other episode where she didn't know what time it was and all that stuff. It wasn't really great in um, the one with her and Corey Feldman in a TRA something, spell something. Like, a, a lot of it was in there because it was mostly about her, but a lot of it wasn't either. And then we get here. I guess this is okay, but I don't know. I don't think this is very strong material. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's not strong. No, uh, right? I, I just didn't. I didn't really care for the whole. Like the seventy five joke was funny, but the car joke was weird, and the reveal of her clothing I didn't think was that crazy. What's crazier is the fact that the 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 actor who plays Seven, we've heard his voice. In multiple movies in the past couple of years, and we don't even know it. Oh no! You were looking him up. I did. He he has uh, a lot of credits for additional voices and voiceover performer, where he's not listed as a specific character. So I, I don't know what he did. Okay. But like, he did voices for The Meg and Deadpool and like La La Land. Oh wow! The Hunger Games, like. Oh, so He's, big, high profile. Oh, yeah. Like, he was in Scream 4 somewhere as a voice actor. Weird. What is with the voice thing? Like, what does that even mean? Why do they need him to particularly say this as opposed to someone else? I don't know. And this is the stuff you have to, like, look under miscellaneous crew to find. Because while he's done a lot of, like, voices in acting that are listed as just additional voices... Like, most of the movies he's done voices for are not in his acting thing. They're under miscellaneous crew. Yeah, that's weird. He's just a weird guy. Yeah, like, but he was an actor in the Humanoids from the Deep 1996 TV movie. So there's that. Oh, I believe that, yeah. He also has a band. What? Yeah, you can listen to his music right now. I forgot, I looked it up. Um... His band is called Sandbox. Well, you know, that's a name. Yeah. I hope it doesn't sound as bad as Cat Piss Smells. <laughs> oh, no, that's Litterbox. Sorry. Somehow, with him, uh, <laughs> the other... <laughs> something else came to mind. I guess what I'm trying to say is what the younger generation has learned is that there's absolutely nothing for us to watch on CBS. <laughs> and that... You have to be yourself. A man has to love you for you, not for some costume. He has to love who you are inside. Oh, gosh. <laughs> now, that's stupid because this the debate here isn't whether or not Al loves Peg. It's He does love her for, for who she is. Um, the whole point is he's not turned on by her and he doesn't want to have sex. That's the point of this whole episode. So I don't blame Kelly. Not, I mean, she's, she wasn't there the whole time. She doesn't really know what's happening, but that's what it's all about. So wearing sexy clothes, there's nothing wrong with wearing sexy clothes in bed to turn your partner on. That is a very cool thing to do. And everybody should do it. Yeah. Alex does it. Okay, Peg realizes that Kelly is completely off base with her whole advice and everything and says, well, back to Hemphleys it is. So Al was hiding in the closet, squatting like a catcher in baseball with his arms between his legs like a dog, 
just squatting in the closet by the front door, like in fear of Peg, I guess. It really freaked him out to see her in that outfit. And it's so funny, like his character now, like this is stuff I really like about Al's like new evolved character. It's funny and it's very Al, um, if that makes sense, even though he's evolving. Come out of there, Al. I'm going out. But will you be back? Yes, but don't worry. I'm going to turn this costume in and get you food. No, you won't. It'll just be another tight outfit showing your skin and scaring me. That's it now, Peg. I'm putting my foot down as the man of this closet. No more outfits. All right, Al. No more outfits. Tomorrow I'll get you food. Did you guys believe that she was actually going to bring food the next time around? No, I just assumed the episode was going to end. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, she left and that would be the end of the episode. Right. The next night, he comes upstairs. He sh- Peg's laying in bed and obviously he passed through the kitchen and everything and he knows that there was no food when he got home. I knew it. No food downstairs. <laughs> Doesn't bother me at all. Hell, not sad. Come look under the covers, baby. <laughs> now Al's sad. I'll be in my closet. Oh, Al, there is something under here that might interest you. This! It's a steak, baby. Doesn't it look good? I love you. <laughs> It's a bite of this nice, delicious steak. I do, I do. Come and get it, baby. A nice, good-looking, juicy steak that looks really well cooked. On a fork, she's holding it. Al grabs it, and uh, he, or he goes to eat it, and she pulls it away and kisses him, and then hands him the fork, and Al's, like, devouring this thing and, like, she seems to get closer to it, but really trying to get closer to him. And he like rustles it away from her and like goes and eats the steak on the other side of the room. Like an animal. Like, like a it. dog. Yeah. <laughs> or like my cat. If he, if he snatches something he's not supposed to have. Yeah. He goes somewhere he'll, like, else. run with it and then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was really, Al's, Ed O'Neill's really great. I mean, he is just so good at everything he does. It's amazing how somebody could be that good at something and just, like, always nail it the way you're supposed to. Really incredible. Come here, Al. No! If you don't, you're going to miss out on this. Nice, juicy, prime rib bone. Peg pulls away the sheet, and there it is. didn't look as good, though. It looked a little dry. It looked a little cold. But it's a prime rib, so it is what it is. And in that house, you can't get too picky. So um, Al jumps on the bed and then lays on his back and eats this prime rib. He finished the steak in record time. And he's he's now eating the prime rib. And then Peg says, time for dessert, and jumps on top of him. And the camera pans up to these two lame paintings on their wall above their bed. When it comes to sex points, if anybody still cares about that, Al has two or three sex points, and Peg has one. 
Okay, so Al gets a sex point when Peg says she wants sex, and he says, well, so do I, but I see no reason to drag you into it. That could be one or not. So that's why I said two or three. But he does get one for when he does not have sex with her when she's in the purple outfit, and they do not have sex when she comes home in the leather outfit either. So, right? Yeah, I would say the first one I wouldn't count that, like, her just saying I want sex and him saying no to me doesn't really count anything for sex points because there's no real attempt there. Right. Okay. So I was right to say two or three. But then she gets one at the end, right? Oh, yeah. Yep, she got that one. So I was trying to think when I was watching the episode, I was trying to keep track, and I'm like, maybe they just, maybe it's a wash by the time you get to the end. Yeah. But I guess she really only gets the one. Hmm. So Al comes up the next night, takes his shirt off, thinking Peg will ply him with more food for sex. <laughs> Daddy's home. <laughs> What's for dinner, baby? Nothing, honey. Nothing, honey cereal? <laughs> no, Al. I mean, nothing, honey. Well, what that can't be. <laughs> well, there's nothing appetizing under there at all. He lifts the sheets and says there's nothing appetizing under there at all. <laughs> I mean, God, these insults of this nature today with these i mean peg got wailed three times with jokes like that i mean it is just vicious dude <laughs> so she says al says well what what food do you have for me she says nothing honey he goes nothing honey cereal <laughs> <laughs> that is a thing that you won't get anymore that was a big thing back in the 90s that was like these commercials, man. I mean, God. Yeah, I don't think... I think the cereal has been off the market for a long time. But I used to love that cereal. It was good. Yeah, there was a real nut and honey cereal. And in the commercial, the whole gag was... What you eating? Nut and honey. Nut and honey, right. Well, come on, just tell me. Nut and honey. Wow. What you eating, babe? Nut and honey. Oh, you can tell me. Kellogg's Nut and Honey Crunch. So what makes it taste so good? Nut and honey. Oh. Kellogg's Nut and Honey Crunch. Looks good, private. What is it? Nut and honey. You love the honey, you love the nuts. When you've got the special taste of nuts and honey all wrapped up in a hearty crunch, what more can you say? Looks good, Sergeant. What is it? Kellogg's Nut and Honey. Nut and honey. Crunch. <laughs> it was like this whole thing that you just had to, these commercials. They just kept making them. They're like, wow, we're really onto something. Let's make another one like that. How did, like, no one ever just be like, hey, honey, you know what I want to do tonight? What's that? Nothing, honey. <laughs> Not in me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's what that that's all Peg wanted the entire episode. Now, Peg, if you expect me to pleasure you. I'm going to need the same thing that Robert Mitchum needs. A jowl tightening? <laughs> no, beef, baby. Lay it on me. Al, do you know that I cooked four hours for that five minutes of sex we had? It's just not worth it. Well, I, well, I, I can get better. I could probably get up to six minutes. So Peg cooked for four hours that night when she made that steak and prime rib. 
which, Peg, uh, I don't know, maybe the laws of physics, they cease to exist on your stove, but a steak and a prime rib uh, do not take four hours. I don't know what you're doing. To be fair, for the first hour, she forgot to turn on the stove. Okay, well, that doesn't count for one hour. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just wondering what happened to the other three. Well, in the second hour, she realized that the pan she had put the steak in right. was in the oven. See, this is all coming together. And the oven doesn't work. Right, because she unplugged it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, man. See, you do – I knew you would just ground this whole thing. Good. Good. So she cooked for four hours for that five minutes of sex they had, and it's just not worth the trouble. So Al said he can go six minutes, and she goes, no, it's just not worth it. So that's kind of sad. It really is sort of sad that that she was pursuing this the whole episode, and it was kind of a bummer because it's like, wow, Al's finally getting to eat. He throws Peg a bone. It's like, well, this this is a good little combination. Everybody gets what they want. Everyone's happy. And, you know, Peg finally found the thing that does it. You're kind of happy for him it's kind of like well good does al have premature ejaculation or does he will himself to finish it as fast as possible i think we went over that one time and at his age it would be bizarre for him to have i don't understand why he and he's not excited by peg at all so why would it why would he pop off so fast it's like normally if like you're with a 10 that'll happen you know and you're like so amazed oh my god look how hot this girl is and then you get too excited yeah but you hear how vivid his dreams are he just does the opposite of what jefferson does jefferson thinks about baseball he thinks about the you know eight hot chicks in the mansion yeah that's true maybe that's what happens oh honey it's not that it's just, it's just too much trouble oh yeah well look at this That'll be worth a pot roast. No, it's just not worth it. I'll be in the closet. I'll get another outfit. I saw a cute little black one see-through feathers on the side. Huh? What do you say? Well, it'll make my hiney look like a little apple. Come on, what do you say? Then Al pulls his pants down to show Peg what she could get, and he's wearing underwear from a tube, if you guys noticed. <laughs> That's right. Remember that, Jamie, from that episode? Yeah. Yeah, where Al started to wear underwear out of a tube when all the neighborhood women found him attractive. Um, and he helped that lady move a couch across the street. And he was wearing a leopard print, which we all know Peg likes. And that's worth a pot roast. <laughs> Did he switch underwear thinking that um, he should look better if Peg's going to... Because he figured Peg would plan on continuing doing this. So he's like, well, if she's going to see me every night, I'll I'll look pretty good and I'll keep on getting food. You know, as, as he switched back to the tube underwear. Yeah, he, tru- he truly was putting in effort for something he actually loved, food. Yeah. And then he proceeds to pose like Hulk Hogan. So now Peg wants to hide in the closet. Rolls reverse. She's creeped out by Al. Uh, so he's he says he could get another underwear that'll make his hiney look like a little apple. But a little apple. Not interested, and that is a wrap. 
uh, the the song Al sings when pe- when uh, chasing Peggy out of the room uh, is called Moon River. Ah, the song Bud knew. Remember that when they all went oh, out. Oh yeah, to- that was when they went out to dinner, right? The yep. The I now I was not on that episode. I listened to that episode. All right, we have a new listener. Oh wait, she's on the show now. Forget it. We lost one. <laughs> Wasn't that the episode JP and I complained about the sock thing the yes, entire time? It, yes, it was. That's how it sticks out in her memory. It oh. does. That's exactly why it sticks out in my memory. Good job, Jerry. And I was over there, and I was over there screaming because you guys were talking about Moon River, and and I was over there screaming, "Breakfast at Tiffany's! Breakfast at oh, Tiffany's!" Oh yeah, I know that it song. What about Breakfast at, breakfast at Tiffany's? She no. said, "I think I, oh, I know that song. remember the film." That's Moon River. Yeah, it's Moon no. River. Apparently, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back to rate this episode. This is Maridaniac from the Married with Children unofficial page, and I am officially welcoming you to the Married with Children podcast. All right, how many sexy outfits are we going to wear to turn on our significant other out of five for this episode, Jamie? Ooh, I think... Not that it would take this many, but I think that I would wear four episodes, four episodes, <laughs> four outfits. Nice. Yeah, I I like this one. I think it was they would they had some really funny exchanges. I like all the Marcy Jefferson stuff. They I've really been happy with most of their inclusion since we got back from England. Also, except for uh, the birthday episode. Didn't see well. Oh yeah, that was bad. Well, no one had anyone anyway. Um, <laughs> but we didn't get much of Bud and didn't get much of Kelly. But what we did get, I liked, and uh, I liked all the stuff between. You know how I feel about uh, Peg and Al, and well, anytime there's any kind of affection shown or want of affection. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just I I enjoyed this one. I thought it was pretty good. So four four out of five. Jerry, how many sexy outfits are you going to wear to turn on your significant other out of five for this episode? I'm going to go with three. I, I like the episode, but I felt like there are a few things that could have been done better and written a, a bit stronger to to just put it over the top because I like it, but I'm not go. It's not going to be in my like episodes to go back to. So there's really good banter in this episode. Right. But between Al and Peggy, but then the stuff with with Seven, <laughs> and then I really didn't care for the Kelly Bundy part. The uh, Bud Bundy was kind of funny, but I don't know. It just I, – I, I enjoyed it, but it's not catching my rewatch list. Wow. I give this a four and a half out of five sexy outfits to turn on my significant other because um, growing up, this was on my um, tape of all the ones I used to record when I got into this show. I remember watching this one quite a few times, even at that young age, and it had such an adult theme to it, like adult relationships, which normally a kid doesn't care about. 
but even at like 14 or or 92 so i was like uh 12 i really was into this and um it holds true to this day i was kind of surprised i was like wow this is why i watched it so many times as a kid like the the opening is is uh really good with al and peg as soon as you get jefferson and marcy in there the whole thing of one side having a conversation, then the other side's doing what they're talking about, then it goes back and forth. Like, that whole thing played so well, so strong, and really showcased their personalities and their dynamics as they interact together. And I thought it was really well done. Then you got the thing with Seven. I guess the only positive about that is that he asked one question, said one stupid thing, and they got him right out of there. If you have to squeeze this kid in, that's the way to do it. But you're right, it loses a little bit of something for that. And then you got the sexy outfits thing, Peg on the table. That whole exchange was funny. Um, Al in the closet was funny. In the lingerie shop with Bud, that was always memorable to me. Al being a goofball and having the thing stuck to him. Like, the whole thing was just like a good little moment. Then we get to a leather outfit, Al in the closet. Then it goes weaker with the Kelly moment, talking to Peg. Then she gets into the leather outfit at the end when she drops the overcoat. Then we get to the whole thing at the end where Al's eating the steak, he jumps in bed, and they have sex, and I liked all that. And then it got to a nice arc of the episode, like a really big arc, story arc, where Peg actually succeeds. She gets everything she wants, finds the right combination, but then it turns out that Al just isn't worth it. We all know Al underperforms in bed, and actually five minutes is record time. I didn't think he lasted that long. So I was actually surprised to hear that. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I think Al's doing better than ever. And still, that's not enough for Peg. Like, usually, Peg was like, Oh, Al, you're done. You know, that was the old joke. So five minutes I thought was phenomenal. And I was shocked that that wasn't good enough for her. Um, Seems like a long time for them. But then we get to that sad story arc, and Al's now into it. Now she's hiding in the closet. Pretty well-rounded episode, I think. So I give it a four and a half out of five. I really liked it. Um, so tune in next week while we review Frat Chance. Desperate for a date, Bud creates his own community college fraternity in his garage. So Jerry, thank you once again. Uh, thanks for stepping in, man, and continuing your stint here after our big Dutch review. Yeah, I enjoy hanging out with y'all. I, uh, love it. Uh, Gotta make sure people still remember Steve in this Jefferson era. <laughs> you know, gotta make sure that the fans out there, you know, remember what's really important. Live, laugh, Steve. 